Swamiji, a lot of people have a great fear of death. Can you discuss how to overcome that fear? Well, you know, there are many books that have come out in our times about people having near-death experiences and uh, um, experiences of what it's like on the other side. The fear of death is really um, fear of losing what you've got right now. You don't want to lose it. And I suppose everybody has something of that. I know that even Swami Sirukteshwar was a liberated being. When it came time for him to die, um, somebody was talking about his visiting uh, Kirapur. He said, I go to Kirapur no more. And then he calmed down, he was fine. But uh, he, he, there was a certain nervousness. You've been used to a certain place, and suddenly you have to leave it. I think the much more important question for us now is how do we treat that final exam? How do we approach it? It's an important thing to realize that we've all got to go through it. They say that there are two things inescapable, death and taxes. And I say, well, I don't have to pay taxes because I don't have any income. But death, what does it matter? What I want to do when I face death is the feeling that I've finished this life on a high note. I've done what I came to do. I don't have any debts to pay. I think that we should try always to keep our accounts clear. If we owe something to somebody, if, if uh, I know there was somebody that I hurt when I was a young man, and I pray for that person. I can't, I can't go and apologize, but I can pray. I think we ought in that way to cancel out our debts. Um, when we've been dishonest, try to correct it by being extra honest in some way. For example, you cheated somebody, give something away to compensate for that. We, we've got to overcome our karma, and in one lifetime, very few people will finish all their karma. But we should try to reach the point where we don't really belong to this world, we must realize that our home is in God. Our, we've come from Him, and the goal of life is to know God, to merge back into Him. And this physical plane is the lowest of the different planes that there, that there are. There's a mental plane, the energy plane, and the physical plane. We want to get out of this, so don't build attachments, but always, whatever you have, I say at night before you go to bed, build mentally a fire and cast all your attachments into that fire. All your longings, all your desires, everything. And go through your heart every day and see if any, any like somebody walking through the fields and accumulating burrs, Try to feel if there are any burrs in your heart and throw them into the fire. You will find in that way that you feel free. I'd say that it would be a good thing always to know that even at any moment you never know whether you're going to go. Somebody um, was talking to, a to his brother, I think, or a friend anyway, at a fight, I think, a boxing match. And he turned away and then he turned back to say something and the person had died. An uncle of mine, he just suddenly, oh, 
He went down. You don't know when you go to bed at night if you're going to wake up in the morning. And so it's ready. It's a good thing always to be ready for death. Surrender this world to him. Offer it up. Say, God, it's not my world. It's your world. It's your responsibility. I will do what I need to do here, but I'm not attached. That's why the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita, the famous scripture of India, Nishkam Karma, this action without desire for the fruits, is really a very high teaching. You have to act in this world. You have to try for success. You can't just uh, figure, well, you're going to die anyway, so why bother? You must do your best. Not only that, but we have come to the human level from the lowest level, gradually have evolved to the human level. We have the capacity to make it a better world. It is our duty to make a better world of it. And therefore, we should do what we can to help other people, to make things beautiful. Some people have this negative attitude, it's all a dream, so who cares? I think that's not the right attitude. God put us here to try to be good servitors. There is a story of an Irish priest who visited a farmer. He said, oh, what a beautiful family God has given you. Oh, what a beautiful home God has given you. Oh, what a beautiful farm God has given you. At this point, the farmer had had enough. He said, well, Father, you may be right, but you should have seen this farm when God had it all to himself. <laughs> and so it is that we, we must do our best to work with God. He has given us the free will and the intelligence to be co-creators with him. And although the end of life is death, nonetheless, we should do our best now, but always in a spirit of freedom that it's his work, not our work. Swamiji, what happens spiritually at birth and death? Well, what happens is that when people leave this world, they leave their physical body behind, but they don't leave their consciousness behind. They take that with them. And in that consciousness, there are lots of desires which bring them back. Where there's a desire, it directs energy. And if that desire is for a car, they don't have cars in heaven, you'll have to come back here. If that desire is to smoke, they don't have cigarettes in heaven, you have to come back here. If uh, your desire is for money, I know there was a rich man who wanted to take gold to heaven when he died. And somebody in heaven said, so what does he want to bring asphalt up here for? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you can't take those things with you. And uh, so we have to realize that the freedom without anything material, that desire directs the energy back to this world. When, therefore, souls are ready to be born, and a man and woman come together sexually, they generate <clears throat> a light in the astral world. And that light, to that light, those souls that are in tune with that light will be drawn to it. And um, usually the first one wins, sometimes two or three win at the same time. And uh, they're there from the beginning of conception. They're not necessarily in the womb then. They may be outside the womb. I know a friend of mine 
said that uh, he was talking to his mother about a city that they had visited. She said, you can't have seen that city. You were still, uh, you were still in my womb then. But he did see it. Mm. There are many records of uh, unborn babies who clearly remember things that their, their mother experienced while uh, through her eyes they saw it, however they saw it. But they weren't fully in the womb necessarily until later on. So, However, life begin, huh? so life begins at the moment of life conception. Life begins at conception. And the moment of birth, children under hypnosis have gone back and remembered their birth. And it's, uh, it's as dramatic for the child as for the mother sometimes. But uh, that's the birth part. And Swamiji, um, touching on the death part, um, what is the process? Can you help us understand as the soul is leaving the body? What when is the happening? soul leaves the body, the energy begins to withdraw from, from the senses. And just as in sleep, sleep is, you might say, the little death. The energy withdraws a little bit. And if somebody's in deep sleep, you may call him, John, John, and he may not hear you for a while. Finally, he says, what, what? And he comes back. So in death, that energy withdraws more completely. The last sense to go is the sense of hearing. There was a case that my Guru Yogananda told of a brother and a sister who had heard this, uh, this statement of his, and the sister died. And the brother called her in her ear, right ear, and he said, Sister, remember, you're, you're conscious. I knew you. You must come back. And after a while, she opened her eyes and she said, I heard you from a long way away, but you called me back. And so they're not completely gone until they've left the body altogether. That can take a little while. And uh, the, the process of death then is that you leave the body. Some go out the lower part, some go out the, uh, through the, the, they say that when you go out the sahasrara, the top of the head, you go into liberation. Mm -hmm. So it depends on which direction you go as to what your state will be after death. But when you leave your body, all the pains, you may have experienced intense pain, but when it's gone, it's gone. So if you're burned at the stake, if people murder you with great pain, once you're out of your body, there's no pain at all. There's a sense of great relief, great freedom. And people have often, in near-death experiences, experienced themselves looking down at their bodies. And um, the doctors, they may try to tell the doctor something, and the doctor won't hear them. People say, well, it's imaginary. There's one woman I read about whose brother had been coming in to the, or came into the hospital because, um, as he said, uh, I guess Susie's about to kick the bucket, mm. which didn't seem like a very dignified thing. Mm. And when she told him that she'd heard him because she was out of the body mm. and he was in the lobby, he was very embarrassed. <laughs> but in fact, in that state, you, you, as long as you're near the world, you notice everything. 
your senses are perfectly clear. You see, you have ears that are physical, but there's also the power of hearing, eyes, the power of seeing, feeling. All the senses are in the energy body and not only in the physical body. The physical body says, has, a, in fact, with the ears, you can only hear a little limited range. Deaf people, when they when in their astral bodies hear perfectly. People who have been born blind, at death they see perfectly in their other body. So it all depends on um, when, when you go into the other world, you're a free person. You'd like to stay there, but you have to come back. A friend of mine met somebody who said, guess what, we get to come back. Well, the trouble is in coming back, you come back to a lot of suffering and pain and limitation. Freedom is the goal.